Hello, in this episode, Lex's past comes back to kill some cows, Chloe starts digging into the Kents, it turns out Parker Lewis can lose, and Clark needs a hand. This is the Smallville Chronicles. Hello, I'm Lou Gonzalez. With me as always is my co-host, the great Alan Muir. The great Alan Muir who spent $75 on a subscription or on a 15-month subscription to DC Universe. Oh, it's 15? I thought it was only a year. It's 12 months and you get three extra. Oh, okay. That actually now changes the pricing that we were just talking about. This would be the DC streaming service where you're going to see the Titans show. Eventually, hopefully, sometime in some future, Young Justice Season 3. Um, Swamp Har- Thing. Swamp Thing, Harley Quinn. And then they're putting on like a bunch of the old Batman and Justice League stuff, right? Yeah, like they're putting on live action stuff like Constantine. Animated stuff, like, I, I imagine Just League and Just League Unlimited, Unlimited. Yeah, I think, like, almost all the Diniverse stuff is going on there. Thank God, I can finally catch up. And, oh, yeah, they also said that that stuff's going to be in HD. Awesome. And I'm sure they're going to put, like, all their animated movies as they come out to that. I think yeah. I'm, like, one or two behind. I don't remember the last one I saw in that, like, connected universe. I really want to see the uh, the latest one with the Reverse Flash. The uh, Suicide Squad one? Yeah, it's the only one I have. I think that's the, the maybe the next one I haven't seen. Is the last one I saw was... Was it like Justice League versus Titans? Justice League versus Teen Titans. Yeah, that might have been the last one I saw. I don't remember. I do like that because it's the Damien version of Robin. Although yeah. they have they have all of them are in there. But all right, well, that's... Uh, I guess we're talking about all this stuff because today, I believe, is the first day of San Diego Comic-Con 2018. I think it just started today. That's why I like the Titans thing dropped and all the other stuff. And by the time this comes out, hopefully we will know more about comics-wise Superman stuff from yeah. Bendis. Yeah, because they dropped uh, the Green Lantern thing. I think the other big thing we're going to get is uh, a trailer for Aquaman. Oh, one. Oh, yeah. By the way, one of the benefits of signing up for the annual uh, DC Universe membership, you get entered into a sweepstakes when... Two free tickets to get for the premiere of Aquaman. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really super excited for that movie because I'm actually like a fan of the character, and I just watched Justice League again recently when I was on a flight. <laughs> it was like I watched Isle of Dogs, and then I was like, I need to go to sleep. What do they have on here that'll make me go to sleep? Oh, Justice League. And so I watched that, and I was just like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, Momoa looks awesome." And then he would talk, and I'd be like, "I don't like this Aquaman. He's I don't like Bro Aquaman. He's just not entertaining to me." Yeah, um, I prefer. Did you ever see that uh, fan made Justice League poster from about ten years ago or eight years ago? Uh, there's there's probably like fifty of them, so I'm not sure exactly which one. It was one that had like Tom Welling as Superman. Justin Hartley as Aquaman, Doug Jones as Martian Manhunter. Oh yeah, I, th- I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I'm just like sucker for the the classic like original design of Aquaman. Um, I don't mind like updating design. I don't even mind like the '90s long hair. Who can? There's just like Aquaman has to be the king of a country, and like having him be like a surfer bro is just doesn't fit with me. Like, I'd like him to be, like, I know he didn't grow up there, but it'd be better if he was a little bit more stoic. Because in my head, of, like, the Justice League, him and Diane, him and Wonder Woman are separate from the rest because they're both not from America, didn't grow up here, and they're kind of leaders of sovereign nations. Yeah. And 
the other thing is that they also neither of them really have qualms about like killing people and they kind of are like the hard asses when it comes to the group like even though superman's the strongest i think aquaman tends to be like the one you wouldn't want to face in a fight because flashpoint yes exactly like well that's why exactly in flashpoint the two of them are the ones that are destroying the world all right so maybe we should talk about this episode because it was actually an awesome episode yeah um we finally fa- find out about that story that was casually dropped in, sh- what was it? What episode was it? Um, looking, it was episode, it was the episode redo. Um, oh, no, that's, the, I'm sorry. Or, no, no I, it was basically the episode where the celebrity doctor. No, it was the episode Rogue with Phelan is when we first learned about Club Zero. That's when Phelan talks about it. And then the celebrity doctor talked about it during... Talks about Lux's knife wound. Yeah, and that was um, Hug. That was the episode Hug because he is helping Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, so all those little kind of subplots finally lead into this, which is a very good episode. Like, there's two subplots. One of them is kind of throwaway, which is the whole Lana with the Talon thing. And, you know, it gets woven into this main plot, but it's mostly just like, oh, she's going to open the theater. And the girl that couldn't even handle being a waitress like four episodes ago is now going to run a movie theater slash bar slash hangout slash whatever. Hopefully they don't sell drugs. Yeah. All right. So this episode does what a lot of episodes, what a lot of TV shows do, what they have all the time, is they'll have a random episode start at the ending. Yeah. So we start with Alexis Alexis wearing a straitjacket, hanging upside down in a dark room. He calls out for help, and a person approaches him, shining a light in his face and demanding the truth. Um, I thought the makeup job done on Lex at this point was awesome. Um, Yeah. You know, he looked, like, soaking wet, and I wonder how long they were holding him upside down, but he looked like he was in pain. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a flashback to Metropolis three years ago. Uh, so that would be 1999. Uh, Lex enters Club Zero with Max Kasich and Amanda Rothman. Um, Max kind of like the guy, the bouncer at the bar, the bouncer like says like an ID and Lex is like, oh, you must be new here. And then Max lets them in. Uh, Max is Lex's bodyguard. He They check out the place and Amanda's basically like, oh. So glad we could hang out. And he's like, yeah, it's Lex is like, yeah, it's much better than being on my own. And basically ask Max if there's room in uh, the VIP. They go up there and they he orders apple martinis and they turn around. And see and, Parker Lewis himself, Corin Nemec. Yes. So he is playing Jude Royce, Amanda's fiance, who was uh, Lex says like a couple times as they're walking around that she's engaged. So she goes, oh, I thought you were in a business trip, basically, like, yells at him, throws her ring at him, and walks away. Uh, Jude basically claims, which I think Lex kind of admits, that, like, he set this whole thing up. And also, I guess Jude works for him in some degree. I would not be surprised. Yeah, they say something like, oh, Lex says something like, oh, he really helped me out with, like, a thing, so so I don't mind doing him a favor. Lex goes and she, and he, Lex basically says, like, Amanda deserves better than you, something, something. Lex goes after Amanda, Jude follows, they start pushing each other in the club, and just like a puncher through throwing him. Uh, Jude stabs at Lex. Yeah, he, and... pull, he pulls out a knife from like his back pocket and like reaches over Max and stabs Lex in like the kind of chest shoulder area, like kind of near where his heart would be, but like kind of like, uh, it's definitely on his left side, like in his chest, upper shoulder, like lower shoulder. Yeah. I only bring it up because basically it does nothing to Lex. Like, he just kind of holds a paper towel to it later when we see, like, further down into this um, 
uh, instance. Then we then a gun gets pulled, and you just, you get shot. Amanda goes over, t- runs over to him, and opening credits. Yep. Yeah. So in this version, Max pulls out the gun and shoots Jude in the chest. Yeah, because there's three different. Or there's many versions of the story that takes place. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's three. So we see this one. Then we see, like, the kind of what happens after this moment that is real, in quotes. And then we see two other versions of who sh- who's the shooter. Um, but we cut back to Lex hanging in the, from the ceiling with a straitjacket. Jude calls him a liar. Oh, yeah. He knows he, ever. He says how... He, he keeps as, like saying, you know, who are you? And Jude says, you should know you killed me. And then we hear a gunshot. Then yep. it cuts, cut, fades to black, or cuts to black. Yep. And I think that this is where the intro is. To like, you know, when they do, like, does somebody save me? Yeah. And then we come back one week earlier. Uh, so it's interesting that, so I didn't even think about that until just looking back at some notes that this whole episode takes place over a week. So um, we're at Smallville High School. Uh, the teacher gives the students a six page biography to write about one of their fellow students. Pete's pissy because he gets He's, like he got the dude at the student store. Yes, of anybody in the class, he gets like which is like fifty, like it's like fifty one, fifty percent or forty nine percent guys to girls. So he's the one guy stuck with another guy. <laughs> um, Chloe has Clark and Clark has Lana because of course love triangle. Blah blah. And blah. she and Chloe keeps saying or jokes, jokes saying that it, it's got to be rigged. Yeah, which is a funny kind of way to poke fun at themselves, like at the writing. Um, and we they, get, we then get a hint of the love triangle. Yep. And this is also the first part of, I guess, this paper is kind of the, the main subplot of this episode, which is that Chloe starts to talk to Clark and Clark wants nothing to do with it for obvious reasons and kind of brushes her off and leaves. So he leaves to go meet Lana at the Talon. Um, this is where we get to see the actor who plays Jude again. He shows up. To apply for a manage, uh, assistant manager position, and he warns Lana that anybody who gets involved with Lex turns it turns out bad. Yeah, Le- the quote I think the, the exact line was everything Lex touches turns to turns out bad. Mm-hmm. Um, then Lex shows up, and Lana tells him about the the encounter. She grabs the thing, the application, and shows that it says Jude on it. And that he just left, so Lex walks out and looks around and doesn't see anybody and tells Clark not to worry about it. Then he gets into his car and the CD, the music starts playing with screams on it. Obviously, it's audio from the night at the club. And and the repeating word, killer, killer, killer. Yep, and Lex can't figure out how to turn it off. Clark x-ray visions and sees that there's a CD player on, underneath Dash. So Lex rips it out and basically is like, well, we created a scene and says not to worry about it. It was just a prank and leaves. Um, Clark, okay, Clark goes home, and that's where we find Chloe with his parents, uh, asking about his adoption. Um, and even, and they look like they, they want to cover this whole thing up. Yep, and luckily she runs out of tape, so she leaves the room so they can have, like, a one-on, Clark can talk to his parents, basically, like, one-on-one. And, um, they basically say, like, yeah, she's, like, digging up stuff, like, she wants these answers, and there's, like, you know, it took a lot of things to get from, like, what's in the barn to your adoption papers. So Yeah, Chloe- and what was the line? Uh, I, th- I thought perseverance used to be a uh, good thing. Yes. That line from Jonathan? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so then Chloe comes back in and Clark basically tells her he's actually on his way out to go interview Lana for his paper. And then, oh, sorry, I lost my spot. So Clark goes and meets Lana on Main Street. Um, he asks her about the whole talent project and that people are treating her different. They're not treating her like a little girl who lost her parents. They're treating her like somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, they're not treating her uh, like she's going to break at any second. Yeah, she's she makes a remark about she feels like she'll finally be able to shed the the princess outfit. Yeah, the time image photo that we got in the first episode. Um, Lex shows up kind of out of nowhere and says that the contractor told him to meet him there for some estimates. Uh, we saw him earlier when Lana was there. So they go in, they find the contractor on the floor bleeding. He says that some guy, uh, jumped him in the back, forced him in, and then cracked him in the head. And Clark notices a box on the counter. Um, and in this box, I guess I actually skipped over a part and we both didn't realize so when Lex was first at the town, right before he goes in, uh, the guy Max had showed up and told him that he had been seeing Jude. And Lex gives him some keys to the apartment in Metropolis and tells him to wait for him. Cut back to here. They open up the box, and it is Max's hand in the box. Yeah, it's, and it's got the number zero, and it says zero consequences. Yep. And Clark tries to probe more information off this, and Lex says, for this... For our French, for the sake of our friendship, please stay out of this. Yeah, he's trying to keep Lex safe. Um, so we go to the next day at school. Chloe's trying, Chloe's trying to get some information about Clark from Pete. Pete gives her a story about when they were six. This bully was going to attack him, and Clark, I guess, shoved him and put him through a door. Um, yeah, like uh, splinters and broken hinges. Yep. And he's like, oh, he's at least three times our size. And then Clark's reply is, well, we were six, so that means he's three feet tall. Um, yeah. And this is when Chloe brings up that she figured out Clark was adopted by Metropolis United Charities, and that they were only, only they were only around for six months. It was he was the only he was the only adoption that they processed. And yeah, and Clark is pissed and basically tells Chloe that like like I'm not a subject. I'm supposed to be your friend. Like I spent an hour. I think he says I spent an hour with Lana to get my stuff done. Like what is your problem? Like yeah, this is my get, personal life. He gets. Like, he gets pissed off for, an act for like, a good reason. Yeah. He, he told her to, to stop, and she she just refuses. Yeah, and his, when he re- talks to her about it later, like, his, like, this whole thing isn't necessarily even him about being, you know, an alien. This is also about, like, anybody who is adopted, if they wanted to know these things about their adoption, they would ask. Like, having somebody else do it and kind of throw it in your face is kind of shitty. Yeah, he also says the line... My biological parents are either dead or they didn't want me. Yeah, which is what probably, like, you know, listening or watching anything else with people who are adopted, like, it's something that they think of. Like, I have friends who are adopted, and they waited till the one I my one friend, she waited till she was, I think, in college, and then she finally, like, started, th- like, looking in about it. Well, like, yeah, like, it's a very, very touchy subject. And that's the one thing to remember about Superman that's, interesting is that his story is really about like an adoption story yeah he's the ultimate immigrant yep um, which goes to the book that eric told me to read the hitman book the episode that uh with that character in superman is a lot about that whole immigrant thing which is the one that he said won the eisner award so i would definitely recommend picking it up yeah there's also an an issue or a story arc in starman where they go to space they go back in time to to krypton before it it its demise and he tells Jor-El where to send where to, to send Kal-El to Earth 
and Clark or Kal-El or Superman basically t- asks him, why didn't you tell him to save the planet or, or something? And Jack says, because he gives it a whole time, time, the whole time travel thing. Yeah, because that would change everything. Yeah, it's it's a real like the Starman omnibuses are out of print right now, but you can get the digital. This they, they, all the issues are up on Comicsology. Highly recommend getting that that story arc. It's really good. Yeah, Starman's an awesome character. All right, so now we've gone off on a comic book tangent. Uh, we can get back in here. So next we see Lex is in his gym at the mansion. His head of security tells him that Max never made it to the apartment um, after leaving him and that Jude had no parents and no siblings. And he's also not been able to track down Amanda. Um, During this workout, Lex gets the flashback to the nightclub where Amanda's crying over the body of Jude. This is where we see Phelan show back up from earlier in the season um, in the past. And this is where Lex tells him their second version of it which is that after getting stabbed and Max checking out, like kind of going and seeing what he's doing, Lex pulls the gun out of Max's jacket and shoots him. Um, I thought this was the one, this is the scenario in which Max, uh, uh, not Clark, Lex grabs a gun from uh, Max and shoots Jude. Yeah, it's. uh, I think no matter what, it's always Max's gun. And basically, like, after Lex gets stabbed, Max turns to Lex to see how he's doing. And Lex goes and grabs Max's gun out of his jacket. And Max kind of tries to pull it away, but Lex ends up shooting Jude. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever way it is, like, it's... This is the one that ends with Lex being the person who killed Jude, not Max. So first is Max, the second time is Lex. (coughs) Sorry. Um... And basically tells him, so Phelan fixes everything and tells him that he can't ever see Amanda or Max basically ever again. Because, like, they need to keep them all very separated. And he goes to Max and says, are you the one in charge of this whole thing? And Max says, yeah. And Phelan says, well, you're going to come look at, well, you're coming into a good amount of money. Yep. Um, I missed it, but apparently um, Phelan gives Lex a card that is for someone to fix, uh, take care yeah, of her shoulder. See, that that doctor from yeah. Hug. All right. Then we cut back to the the gym. Yes, and this is where Jude shows up. He puts well, we see a gun to the back of Lex's head, and then they kind of start talking. The guy should be dead. Clark shows up and uh, hears them talking to each other and kind of pushes the door in and Lex turns around and Jude is gone. And Lex basically tells him that he was there by himself. Um, Then we cut back to Clark is at home. He's helping his dad with the chores. Clark asks about Metropolis United Charities. Jonathan uh, makes a reference to needing higher level of access. Well, you may know where this goes on further. I think this is like a plot that happens like two years from now. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because it doesn't get resolved until Jonathan ends up dying, I believe, right? It gets... I th- Actually, I think it was resolved in the second or third season because it's involved with... it. Lionel gets involved. Yeah, but I think it's like it culminates in like finding out the truth like right around... It's one of the season finales time, like either season two or season three, whenever Jonathan kind of leaves the show. Jonathan actually left or the, that... That whole what happens to Jonathan happens, I think, in midway through season five. Sorry, I got distracted by Arlen's message. God damn it, Arlen. (laughs) Ruining our show would make his better. Uh, Yeah, there's 
it's all about they they talk about it more in the upcoming season, but they don't talk about it. It gets used as leverage in season five when Jonathan has what happens to him. So yep. All right, and then basically the next thing that happens in this episode is we cut to kind of the outside. And we find that all of the Kent's cows are dead. It's like a f- giant field of dead cows. Yeah, and I was about to, I was going to make a car, like, they hate cows more than cars, but I don't want the, the, uh, I don't want the animal people coming out after us. Yeah, well, also, these are probably not real cows. Yeah. Um, but they're there. Jonathan is, looks why like he's... It, why does it look like his hair is wet? Yeah, he looked like he was, like, weeping, like, from his entire being. <laughs> Um, and Martha's upset, too, and Clark is just, like, flabbergasted. Lex shows up in a giant Hummer, which, military style, which I don't know why. Um, and because it's radi- it's possibly radio- radioactive. Yeah, they don't really say. It was just, like, black goo, if I remember correctly. You see one tiny little bit of, like, of a, t- one tiny little circle of, of a, like, a puddle of goo. And the cows are far away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a mention of the CEP again. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up, which was also from Hug. Yeah. Yep, so they show up with hazmat suits, and um, they find barrels with like, with Luther Corp logos on them. Um, and then uh, basically the the one, the chief or whoever, comes over and tells Lex that the CEP guy is here, like the head of them is here to talk to him. Obviously Lex turns the corner, and it's Jude, who tasers him and throws him in the back of a van and leaves. Um and this is where we get where the episode started, and Lex is strung up in the straitjacket and being hung from his heels above the floor. Um, also, Chloe was there taking pictures because, of course. Yeah, Lex, before Lex gets abducted by uh, Parker Lewis, he says, I, ne- I didn't think it was possible to fall further, fall, like to fall down further in your father's view to Clark. Yeah, that was a good thing. And we also get, um, I think it's like really soon, I'm looking here. Um, it's like right after this where Martha gives Clark the kind of talking about like, maybe you should kind of cool it with Lex for a little while. Yeah, because she says that she's usually the one who defends him the most to Jonathan, aside from Clark. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then from here, Clark is in his loft. Chloe shows up to apologize for blindsiding him. She drops the whole thing to save their friendship. Uh, she gives Clark the pictures that, or she talks about the, the clippings from Club Zero. And she notices that she notices the printouts that Clark did when he was at the uh, torch, and she notices the headshot of uh, Jude, and she sh- she shows the picture she took of the C- CEP guy, and they deduce that it's a match or that's it's the same guy, and we go back to what is ultimately Club Zero after Clark. Finds out that it's been it's it was shut down six months prior. Yeah, well, so to get there though, they go back to the school. Chloe hacks the DMV to get the license of the truck from the picture that the guy was driving. Finds out he didn't work there and he was using the name John Smith. Clark uh, calls the, uh, Metropolis PD and then he runs away. And when he gets there, the cops had taped off a building and they're pulling out a body in a body bag. And he uses Clark uses X-ray vision to see the 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 right hand is missing. Yep. And this is where he asked the cop uh, about Club Zero and tells him it closed six months ago, but gives him the address. So yeah, and then this is where, like you were saying, where Clark goes to Club Zero, but we cut inside 
and this is where the gunshot from earlier happens. Yeah, the gunshot, and we think it's it. it the person is going to shoot Clark or someone. Turns out that Parker Lewis got shot, and the the, the unseen the savior in quotes presses a button and it, it the club zero music and everything turns on and you find out that it's the what's the term uh he was like the foreman, the foreman. or the contractor yeah the okay. contractor from the talon and he reveals that he was that amanda had committed suicide a year prior and that he and that she mentioned having a brother in central city that she she would visit often who was in prison he mentions that she was his lifeline. Yep, and then he also like Lex asks, like, "What about him?" And he was like, "Oh, like not he too was, long." Not, he was like a parole. He was on his parole, and he wanted to earn some extra cash. Yep, but he says like, "Oh, not like after the funeral. I just wanted to like get a drink, and I ended up in some dive in Bloodhaven." Yeah, I I like that. Those that, that I lo- I love the Central City mention. Loved the Bloodhaven re- reference. Yep, and basically, um, and then this is where we get the third version of it, which is... The real version. Yes. So, again, Jude stabs Lex after that Max pulls his gun, but a dancer bumps into him, the gun goes flying, Amanda picks it up, and she's the one who shoots Jude as Jude is, like, lunging once again at Lex. Yeah, and this is the one that has to be because she wouldn't... We find out she find we find out that Amanda killed herself, and that she wouldn't have killed herself if someone else killed Jude. But if she killed Jude, that would weigh up be weighing on her constantly, and it would drive it could drive a person insane. Yes. Um. So then, obviously, this is not what Roy wants to hear. So he picks up Lex, Alex and puts him up against the fish tank. Um, he pulls the trigger, but Lex kind of turns and kind of goes over the railing with the fish tank. Uh, this is when Clark appears. He speeds, kicks a couch to where Lex is going to land, and it stops perfectly there. Yeah, and, I I don't think that's possible. I don't think no. that's but that's physically possible to have a, to kick not only to kick a couch that far, but to kick a couch that it wouldn't roll. Well, here's the thing, like, his speed, like we see in the Flash and stuff, is so all over the place and how fast. So in this episode, he runs so fast that he kicks a couch that stops perfectly. Um, He comes in and Lex is, like, kind of at the top of the fall. So he kicks the couch, runs up the stairs, takes out Roy, runs back down the stairs, runs out the door. And And then does a Yui. Yeah, and basically, like, opens the door as, like, Lex is hitting the couch. And he's like, Lex, what happened? Oh my god! And they turn and look, and the and Roy is knocked out, and he's just like, "Okay, okay, CW, I'll believe you." Yep. And then we have our last two scenes. Uh, one is you know the opening of the Talon. Um, yeah, Clark gives Lana uh, something that he found at, in the attic or something. Yeah, that it's w- a picture of when the Talon like first opened. Yeah, and it's, he says it's something that she can hang up on the wall. Yeah, as uh, like a good luck charm or something. Yeah, I know he says it's from his grandfather, and yeah, I know we. Can. Yeah, I know we get to him eventually. So I wonder. I don't remember if they ever like go to the Talon. No. Or yeah, if they ever like circle back to that, that would have been really like a great callback. But um, it's still cool. And then he talks to Lex, and Lex is basically says to him like, "Oh, have you been avoiding me?" And kind of tells him that like you know. I knew that it like my dad wouldn't do anything for her, so like if it reminded about me, he'd do anything to save his only son. And Clark kind of was like, "Oh, that's like I 
you know, I knew you had some dark stuff in your past, but like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Lex's basic reply is, I would do anything to save my friends. And then yeah, our last... I, oh, sorry. No, I just want to say, I I really love the, uh, the, the way Clark is with Lana, Chloe, uh, Chloe, and Pete, and comparing it to the way that Lex is to those characters. Oh, like the difference in their relationships? Yeah. It's just uh, something I just noticed while watching the episode. Yeah, and like, it's his, because it's the only ones to really compare, in my mind, because of, like, the weird love triangle with Lana and Chloe. It's like, with Pete and Lex, like, Pete's his oldest friend, Lex is his newest friend. Pete hates Lex, which we got more of this episode. Yeah. Um, but, well, not exactly Lex, but the Luther family. Yeah, yes, he hates the Luthers. But yeah, they have like, it's an interesting thing where Clark is kind of, the, he's definitely more childish and kiddish when he's around Pete and even like Chloe, but like he, we can, he acts a lot differently when he's just around Lex. It's more like an adult friendship. So it's kind of this interesting way of looking at like Lex is kind of like him trying, like his mature um, role model in this compared to like the other adults because Lex is kind of that in between like he's young enough where he can be related to again. Yeah, he's Lex's... no. Um, what was uh Jonathan? Uh, not Jonathan. Uh, Spike, the actor who played uh, Brainiac in season five. Oh yes, yes, Spike from Buffy. What was his uh character's name when he he was posing as the uh, college professor? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, but he was the college professor. Yeah, like just as a, like, it's sort of he became. Yeah, he took on a similar role, but in a kind of reversal of, like, he was the one with the secret, not Clark. Yeah, but, and he sort of took over the Lex role because Lex was starting to go down th that bad road. Yes. Yeah, because Lex is both, like, a friend and a mentor to Clark at this point. But I do think it's, again, funny to remember that Lex is, what, like, 21, 22? Yeah, and Clark but, is supposed to be 14. Well, at this point, he might be around, like, 15... We don't know yeah. when it's... I don't know if there's, like, a birthday episode, but this... Let me see. When does this... The thing I'm looking at usually has, like, when this is supposed to be. Um, it came out in March of 2002. So this should probably be close to, like... Because we're more than halfway through the season. So this would be definitely the second half of the school year. So Clark is about to be 15 at best. Yeah. So, again, it's still, like, a 14, 15-year-old hanging out with someone that's at least 21. Probably, uh, I'm trying to think, he might be like 24, right? Because if he got into that club, I don't know, it's again hard to tell because unless they outright say, like, everybody's age, you can't really tell. But when skipping out over one of the interesting parts, which is the last kind of scene, which is Chloe in the torch office, deciding whether or not to delete or save the info she has on the adoption, what Chloe does kind of reveals who she is, I guess, at this point in her life, in this character's life. And it opens up some doors into what will happen when these characters start to learn Clark's true identity. Or, I guess, maybe not identity, but who Clark really is. Yeah, which will be pretty soon for Pete. Yep, which I'm glad because he's kind of a useless character at this point. Um, so let's go down. So overall, I thought this was an awesome episode. I do think it's hilarious that after an episode full of Whitney... Uh, what was that, like, an episode ago? Yeah, we had no Whitney. Actually, like, the last two episodes had a lot of Whitney, because he was in Hug a lot, too. Yeah, you're right. I don't think he was in Leech that much. He was definitely involved in it, but, yeah, there was, like, literally, you see Whitney for, like, half a second at the end of this episode. 
but overall it was great. We got to close out one of the subplots going through this first season. And, and an- we are about, we have about seven or eight more episodes yet left in the season. Yeah, we're about at the two-thirds point. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite moment or actor in this episode and least for both? I, my favorite actor was probably Rosamond again. Because he conti- he's c- continually showing off his chops, that he's clearly the best guy here. Yeah, I have to agree. This is a very Clark Lex heavy episode with Lana and Chloe kind of thrown in. I did think that um, uh, Mac did a good job as Chloe. Uh, this is kind of when we get when she kind of gets the spotlight in this show, or at least early on. She is very good with this character, which is why. This character is very memorable in the series. But yeah, Rosenbaum, anytime he was in this episode, he completely dominated. And he got to do a ton with range. Even playing like young Lex was like a slightly different version of Lex than we've seen. Or I guess younger Lex was only three years prior. Um, My least valuable player, probably Coronemic. Because I had to suffer through him on Stargate SG-1. And I had to suffer through him again on Smallville. Yeah. This is one of the problems with, like, the earlier seasons is that the villains are very mustache twirly, and both guys are that in this episode a lot. Overall, I think it was a very good episode. I didn't really have any other much things to say about it. Um, I did see, so, the conclusion of the adoption storyline is episode 7 of season 2. So that is when we get to, like, the full version of that story, finally. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, the the episode where... They play on that with the woman coming in saying that uh, Clark is her son. Yes. Either Clark or Lux. She's a for- former Fringe actress. Like she was on. Oh, really? Yeah, she played the the company that uh, Spock formed. Oh, Bell Industries. Wherever. I only watched season one. There's another show on my list that I have to go back and check up on. Yeah, she was the character with the uh, robot arm. Okay. I just remember that the lead actress in that is on a Netflix show that's really good, Mindhunters. Oh, really? Yes. She doesn't come in until, like, the fourth episode or third episode. But yeah, she's in that. Probably going to have to check that out, then. Uh, if you like anything to do with, like, serial killers and stuff like that, it is based on the book, Mindhunters, about, like, kind of the FBI forming the first kind of criminal profiling. So it is, like, kind of... It is like 90% true to life like you know it's like that uh fictionalized reality yeah yeah so she plays one of the she plays so there's like two fbi agents are the main characters and then she is like the professor to get involved one of the main characters is the guy um talking about justice league you know the guy in the beginning that batman's fighting yeah that guy is one of the fbi agents he's like in everything he's like a big character actor so he plays like the older grizzled FBI agent compared to the younger one. But it's a good show. I'll check it out. Season two is coming out some point this year. Uh, but I don't know if there's anything else to left to talk about on this episode. Um, we did get to hear that, what do you call it, that Phelan died? Because was he dead in the last time we saw him? I don't remember. Yeah, he probably... No, he don't... He, yeah, uh, he got killed when the cops came in. Yeah, he died in the shootout. With Lex. Yeah. The next episode... Is Nicodemus. Yes. Is it Nicodemus or Nicodemus? It's like a Greek thing, isn't it? I believe so. Oh, this is the episode with the flower. Okay. 
This is like the kryptonite flower thing. Oh, that was the other thing. This is only the second episode of the series where our villains aren't um, meteor freaks. The last one being the one with Phelan. Yeah. So, yeah, the next episode, there's like a meteor, right, flower that makes people get all emotional. So, Jonathan's a dick, Lana becomes a sex bot, and Pete uh, goes homicidal. Yeah, I think you're right. This is kind of the beginning of when, like, Pete figures everything out. Because I think he sees... Does he see Clark in this one? I think so. Yeah, I think that's, like, kind of... And we get more mentions of Cadmus in this episode as well, which is awesome. But we could take a look and listen to the trailer now. It's fresh from the frog on an all-new Smallville. Lana Lang undergoes a disturbing change. Pleasure is her only goal. This isn't you. I'm not scared of life and no one can handle it. Danger, her only desire. You want me? Come and get me. An all-new Smallville. We'll catch that one next week, but is there anything else or should we do plugs? Uh, Yeah, let's do plugs. Okay, hopefully the comic book episodes of Phantom Zone should be happening. All I know is that one of them will be ultimatum. I've been suffering. Th- I'm halfway through it. I've been suffering the entire time. Looks so 90s. Well, it's like two. Is it like early? It's like the same time as the show, isn't it? Like 2000. It's 2008 and 09. Yeah, it just looks shitty because David Fence is like when a they shitty g- artist. Yeah, it's also like when they kind of gave up on the Ultimates universe. Yeah, and I think David Finch just gave up and per- per- like it in everything. Yeah. Because what sucks is during that same time is when my favorite alternate Marvel universe was created and lasted for like a year. Um, the Supreme Verse. Have you ever heard of that? No. So it was kind of like the Ultimates version of the um, the Hyperion storyline. So they basically did like an Ultimates of the Marvel's version of the DC characters, and it was goddamn awesome. It was really fucking dark. Wait, are, awesome. are you talking about Squadron Supreme? Yes. So they did like an ultimate universe version. So they are a, they're not in the ultimates world, but it's like stylized like that. So it's a modern take on the Squadron Supreme universe. Yeah, because a member of the Squadron shows up in so showed up yeah. right in um, Ultimatum. Yeah, they crossed o- they crossed over at one point because I think like their Wonder Woman character crossed over. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know how, but Jeff Lowe wrote this. The man who yeah. wrote all those great he man he he wrote Superman for all seasons. He wrote all those great Batman stories with uh Tim Sale. He wrote all those great Marvel color stories. How- yeah, I don't even remember what Ultimate I I feel like I know something, but I don't want to say it in case you haven't read up to it. But Ultimatum's like the Magneto thing, right? Yes, yeah, when he kills a large or when he he floods flips the poles, right? Yeah, he floods uh New York. And he freezes most of Europe. Yeah, he flipped, like, the North and South Pole. This is, like, right around when I stopped reading Ultimates. And I was, like, really annoyed at Marvel. And then I think it's, like, a year or two later, maybe less, that I was just, like, done with Marvel, period. Started reading their books. Although you did get me to start reading Marvel Girl, or Ms. Marvel, and that was pretty good. I just, I can't with these crossovers and, like, I don't know. Did you ever, did just... you ever get to the Civil War II uh, issue? No, when I was reading on the Marvel Unlimited, it didn't include, it only included her books. And it didn't tell me which other ones, like, her appearances were in, so. No, no, it's it's will... an issue that it's mocking Civil War Two. Oh, no. Uh, I, the only one a, I could think of it's is. It's a science fair. 
Oh yes, I did read that with um Miles Morales. With, uh, yeah, I read that one. Yeah, that that's yeah. got to be my favorite issue of comics ever because of how it, it just just laughs at the concept of offense because it's it's like a, a very small event happening at where she like she doesn't know that Miles is Spider Man and Miles doesn't know that she's Ms. Mar- Marvel. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he's in New York because it's like Manhattan versus like Jersey City or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've now started talking about Ultimatum. Uh, so you, I think you only mentioned your the comic show plug. What else? Um, Sorry, just I'm afraid Skype's going to die again. You can follow me on Twitter at the Alamir. You can follow me on Instagram at Comics Boy. I, I recently uploaded some photos, some stills I took from Ultimatum. Yep, I did see that and it gave me bad memories. Yeah, caused a friend of mine to uh, post in the Phantom Zone Facebook group about Spider-Man Rain. Oh god, that's even worse. Yeah. Alright, and then I am on Twitter and Instagram at Lou A. Gonzalez, also in the Phantom Zone group. Um, I'm probably, by the time this comes out, we would have done, so Luke Cage would have been out, bunch of After Darks. Um, I'm not sure when... Our fan, oh, Fantastic Four came out. The Incredibles has not dropped yet, right? I believe so. Yeah, so maybe that'll drop at some point. We'll see. That's basically it for me. I'm Lou Gonzalez. We'll catch you on the next episode. And I'm Alan Muir, and this podcast stands for Truth, Justice, and the American Way.